Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Women's Basketball Podcast, the only podcast in the country devoted strictly to Michigan State Women's Basketball. I'm Zachary Swasicki alongside Julian Mitchell, Zach Manning. Again, this is the Women's Basketball Podcast brought to you by Impact 89 FM. WDBM, Julian, Zach, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm ready. Coming back to school after break. Just ready to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. No problem. We're all doing good. Weather's not great, but basketball is back. We're back from break. Throughout the throughout the rest of the season, they're in Big Ten play now. We will be doing a weekly show every Friday. I'll probably be hosting every show, and then we'll have a mix of all of our beat reporters uh, here. So, again, stay tuned to impact89fm.org and find all of our written content there. And while you're here, make sure to listen to all of our other podcasts and previous episodes here on Impact. But going into the season... This is a recap of the game so far, 13-4 overall, 3-1 in the Big Ten, 8-1 at the Breslin at home, and that only single loss is to the then number one ranked Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. Uh, again, we'll get into that game a little bit down the road, a game that we missed over break, but it, it was close until the end Notre Dame pulled away, and the Spartans are currently on a two-game winning streak. Now looking back from last year, they were 25-9, 13-4 in the Big Ten, 13-2 at home, they finished second in the Big Ten tournament, losing to Maryland. Maryland, again, one of the top teams in the country again this year. Um, again, right behind Notre Dame and Connecticut. And then the Michigan State Spartans lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Again, losing to Mississippi State. Uh, with the whole fiasco, Michigan State uh, having to go down to Mississippi State despite being the higher seed because of the, the uh, high school basketball tournament being held at the Breslin, take away the home court advantage lose in Mississippi State on a very close call. Uh, could have been a foul. Might not have been a foul. They end up losing. Probably would have lost anyways. Would have been on to face UConn. You know, win, win some, lose some. Uh, glass half full. They are back this year. They did lose Ariel Powers, Jasmine Hines, and Akaya Taylor, but they're back this year, 13-4, and 3-1 in the Big Ten. We'll just jump right in to some of the, the strengths and weaknesses of this team so far. This is our first podcast of the season. They're in Big Ten play, 3-1 so far. Just beat uh, number 11, Ohio State, on Tuesday. We're recording this on Friday. Uh, Michigan State has now won all 10 of the games this season. They scored 70-plus points. Again, this is a team that's lethal on the offensive end when they have all things clicking, led by senior Tori Jankowska. Guys, what have you seen so far? Uh, how, how can they stay consistent, keep scoring these points? Obviously, when they score, they win. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you go to Jankasa, feed the hot hand. I like to always say that and go with that. I mean, Jankasa is going to score. She's going to give you buckets game in and game out. We've seen that throughout the season. But also, I mean, they're just adding pieces. And I think at this point in time, all the pieces have sort of stepped up and found their roles. And I think they're finally settling on a good starting lineup and a good bench lineup. Gaines has showed up well. Reimer's still playing well. So the offense is working well. They're feeding it down low, getting shots from the three-point line. They're all around just playing well. Yeah, obviously, like Julian said, you have to give it to the hot hand, Jankoska, but they do have some pieces coming together, like freshman Tara McCudgeon. She's kind of picked it up on the offensive end, facilitating to all the scores. And then inside, you have Reimer and Jenna Allen back from injury now, um, just really giving them an inside presence that helps them play inside out. That's giving Jankoska and McCutcheon open shots. Yeah, you, talk, you, you mentioned McCutcheon. Uh, she matched Jankoska with seven assists last game against Ohio State. Now has 91 assists on the season, nine more. Comes the sixth freshman in MSU history with 100 assists. Obviously, in any sport, if you can, you know, be one of the only freshmen to do something that's very good. McCutcheon came in as recruit. Didn't see, didn't know if she'd be playing that much behind Morgan Green. Morgan Green was dismissed from the team violation of team rules. 
Ketchin Stepson has done very well in that role, um, being able to to distribute the ball. Uh, but again, Morgan Green's gone, Jasmine Hines. I mentioned all the people that they've lost, including Ariel Powers, very you know key player, one of the best players in the country. They have a very young team. They brought in Ty Reimer from Notre Dame, grad transfer. I think it's finally starting to come together. All the chemistry has taken a little bit, but finally, uh, you know, a few games into the Big Ten season, they're starting to come together, find that chemistry. Uh, McCutcheon, Gaines, Holly, we all meant, you know, Julian, you mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen from the, from the, the new faces, you know, four or five players that have seen playing time now? Who's going to have to step up out of that group? Uh, coming out of that bottom group, you can see a couple players step up. Obviously, you talked about Holly. I could see her stepping up just a little bit more, providing some more offense and a couple more boards from there. I would really like to see uh, Lexi Gussert step up a little bit more. She's got uh, a lot of minutes, but she hasn't necessarily played well with that time on the floor. So I'd like to see her step up. She's a good shooter, so hopefully they can get her going and she can hit some shots for them. Same question for you. Yeah, of all the younger players, I think I've been most impressed with Victoria Gaines. She's come in and just been a spark for the team, you know, rebounding the ball. Not really scoring a lot, but she's given MSU the hustle plays. And then obviously, Tara McCutcheon, she's just come out and facilitated and really stepped in after the dismissal of Morgan Green. And she's kind of settled things down. No one really knew what was what to expect from McCutcheon, but she's kind of made the team go. Cash and Winston-esque, I like to say, kind of sees the court very well. Uh, plays very hard for how small she is on the court. She's one of the smallest players. When she's when she's usually on the court, so Terry McCutcheon, uh, East Lansing product, has been playing very well again. Mia Holly as well, another freshman's been in the starting lineup the last six games. Uh, we'll see if she continues to uh, find a role in the starting lineup. Uh, la- last part of the, of this segment, MSU has uh, improved with their win over Iowa State to eight and zero this season when they have at least three players scoring in the double figures. Um, again. Outside Jankowska, that, that consistency from the other players has kind of been lacking. Reimer, we're going to touch on her in a little bit, zero points against Ohio State. So that, that's kind of a, a once, you know, once every few games that that's going to happen with Reimer. But AG, Brandy AG coming back, one of the veteran, one of the few veteran presences on this team. She's been pretty inconsistent, starting to step up as of late, trying to find her way back into the starting lineup where we thought she would be. Uh, 8-0 when they have at least three players scoring double figures. Outside Jankowska, who would your be your regular two then if they need that for a win? Uh, my regular two, probably following that, I would go with uh, Reimer. She obviously can score. She's great down inside. She does well on the boards. She can get some nice putbacks and work well. Uh, also, I would go with Gaines. Gaines has stepped up, and she's played well in these past couple of games, uh, getting some double-digit points, some double-digit boards. She's played very well. So those two would be my go-to after her, and then also McCutcheon at times can provide a spark. Yeah, I also like uh, Reimer. She's she's the inside presence for the Spartans. She kind of gives them um, in it, kind of an inside-out threat. She can hit a mid-range jumper. But for me, I think it's Brandy Agee. She's kind of come come along as the season's um, gone along. Really got off to a slow start, but now she's kind of picked it up. You know, she had 16 against Ohio State. I think if she can get going, the Spartans can go a long way. And that wraps up our strengths, weaknesses, kind of a wrap-up uh, overview of the team so far uh, this year. We're going to move on to the games that, that we were gone for over break. Uh, we, we obviously weren't in at least East Lansing for, for any of these games, but we, we were able to watch them, able to f- still follow the team. Uh, Northeastern, December 18th, they won 78-44. Uh, expected to, to be a win for the Spartans. It was also expected to be a win for the men's team. Couldn't get it done. Hockey also lost. Northeastern, you know, they traveled all their teams here. Uh, alternate playing home and away with Michigan State. But 78-44, Michigan State won that game. And we moved to December 20th, just two days later, in East Lansing, Notre Dame 
the then number one ranked team in the country, came to Breslin. And Notre Dame, they pulled off, you know, the win. And Michigan State hung around. They tried to they tried to pull off the upset. Couldn't get it done. Notre Dame answered really any run Michigan State had. Uh, Notre Dame, just too many weapons. Brianna Turner, uh, 19 points. And it was just too much for the Spartans, the depth, obviously. I think they were still trying to find that, that right balance with the starting lineup, mm-hmm. the chemistry, the new faces. 79-61, again, Reimer got in foul trouble in that game. Might have been you know emotional for her playing against her former team, Notre Dame. So 79-61, uh, loss in East Lansing, Notre Dame um, coming out on top. Julian, we'll start with you. Again, Brianna Turner had to be you know the star star of the game. But, again, they had two players, Catherine Westbeld and Marina Mabry, 12-11 and 11 and 19-5 and 5 contributing. So it's hard to beat when, obviously, MSU's 8-0 when they have three mm-hmm. scores like that. So um, takeaways from that game and, and – did Michigan State ever have a chance to pull off the upset? Um, I think they had a chance. I mean, they hung around for most of the game. I think you said it best. Notre Dame just had too many weapons. I mean, you look at the score for each quarter. I mean, there was never a point where the Spartans score outscored them in a quarter. And, you know, that's hard for you to win a game when every time you have a run, they're able to answer back. So it's just hard for them. But I think they had a chance, and I think this was sort of a learning lesson for them there. Yeah, I mean, they, obviously they had a chance in this game, but like Julian said, if they're going to answer every run you have, um, it's kind of hard to win that. And then, you, I mean, you know Jankowski is going to bring it every night, but then in this game the Spartans really didn't have that second key player. I mean, Gaines had 12 points, but then after that, you know, your second best player in Reimer only has four points. She was in foul trouble. And, you know, you look at AG, she only had eight points. So it's kind of hard when some of your best players aren't hitting their stride. Yeah, I'm looking at points in the paint. Notre Dame outscored MSU 48-26 to again. I think that's a lack of presence in, in Reimer. But Notre Dame, right, rightfully so, one of the best teams in the country. They can control the paint. They can get the outside shot. Uh, again, second chance points, 15-7 in favor of Notre Dame. Surprisingly, MSU led the fast break points, 13-8. to But, again, too many weapons just overpowered Michigan State. Uh, again, I, I'm just going to you know credit that to Michigan State, still trying to find the right balance. Susie Merchant, I think, has found that now um, with playing two or three freshmen at a time. Um, again, re- really revamping the starting lineup with the loss of, of Hines, Powers, and uh, Taylor. So, again, Notre Dame, it's a tough loss, but I think they learned a lot from that, and they've been playing very well since then. New Year's Day, they played at home versus Illinois. 71-47, good bounce back win. Obviously, they had a couple weeks off to rest up. Uh, this team's been dealing with a lot of injuries. A lot of the young players have also been dealing with injuries. So it's a good bounce back win. And then we move three days later. They travel to Purdue and lose 66 to 54. This is a Purdue team is not ranked. It wasn't ranked when they played, but it's a very good team, 10 and 6 um, when they played. So 66 54 in Purdue. Bridget Perry uh, and Ashley Morissette, two, two players that were there last year, and they played very well against them in the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, Michigan State won that game going on in semifinals, but Purdue, a uh, pretty experienced team, a couple of very good guards. They go to Purdue, lose, start with Zach. Uh, what went wrong in West Lafayette? It was kind of the same exact thing as the Notre Dame game. You know, Jankowski scores 16, but then they really don't have that second score in this game. It was kind of ba- a little bit balanced after Jankowski gains with seven, Reimer with six, and then really there was no one else. Jenna Allen was seven, but 
I mean, they struggled to score after Jankowska. That that's what could be the downfall of MSU this year. If they don't have that second scorer after Jankowska, they they really struggle. Yeah, you're just looking at it, they they have only double digit players being able to see the floor and see minutes. But if no one else is contributing more than seven points, obviously eight and zero when three players score double di- double digits, uh, that's a very telling sign that I think they're going to need more than Jankowski. I agree with you. Um, that could be the downfall if you know. I think they've picked it up lately, but since if we're talking about uh, Purdue specifically, uh, that that was the downfall of this game. Points in the paint was closer. It was a closer score, thirty two twenty eight Purdue. Uh, off turnovers, twenty three to ten. Again, turnovers. Taking care of the ball is just fundamentals of the game. Um, and, you know, but again, the depth of this team, I think they were just trying to figure out the lineup again. I think that's the biggest thing that, that they were working on throughout this stretch. Um, when you see double-digit players and they're all getting double-digit minutes, that means Susie Merchant doesn't really feel confident playing a certain five players. So uh, Brandy Ag zero points in that game. You can't have that from, from one of your veterans. Uh, again, this was then... We're going to be talking about it now in a little bit, but we're going through the games over break. Moving on, January 7th, Nebraska 93-73 win. Should have been a win. They took care of business at the Breslin. Last game of the homestand, um, this game me and Zach were at. Julian, uh, if you weren't there, sorry you missed out. Great game. Uh, Ohio State, 11th ranked team coming in. Uh, this is a very you know emotional game. I mean, These are two rivals in the Big Ten in pretty much all sports. Michigan State won both matchups last year. Beating them in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten or yeah, semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, um, and then they come to the Breslin this year and beat the Buckeyes 94-75. Big win, big night for Tori Jankowska, 42 points. She needed seven points to break the all-time scoring record held by her former teammate Ariel Powers, who did it in just three years, which is even more impressive. Eight 1,817 points. Tori broke at in three minutes and 11 seconds with eight points. Um, that was impressive. Just being able to see there, the crowd went wild. She was able to get hugged by her teammates, her coaches. Great moment. Annie Slants, a great moment for Tori. Um, I know she she had it in the back of her head. She's you know the ultimate team player. But when 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 she was asked about it, you know she she really was able to you know feel honored. She was glad she broke the record. She was able to get that passed and help her team win. A big win, obviously breaking the forty and also, excuse me, breaking the single sing, single game scoring record. Held by Maxanne Reese from 1999, 41 points in a game. She got 42. Ariel Powers could have broke that last year. Susie Merchant talked about that in the postgame press conference. Um, kind of felt bad for her. But Tori breaks it this year, 42 points against highly ranked Ohio State team. Zach, you were there. What did you see from Tori? What did you see from the team? Yeah, I mean, just an explosive performance from Tori. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the eight points to break the record. Um, and you mentioned her being a team player. I mean, she had the 42 points, but she also had – seven assists and six rebounds. So, I mean, she's kind of doing it all in this game. Um, I, what I saw is Reimer kind of struggling this game, over seven, eight rebounds, four fouls. The foul trouble, um, that could be a concern going forward. But I think the turning point in the game is when Hanna Vesla hit that three-pointer. Um, didn't play a lot of minutes, but that really kind of sparked MSU towards the end of the first half. Um, she stepped out, hit the three, um, and it really just turned the tide of the game. Yeah, uh, Hanna Vesla. um I know if you if you didn't watch the team last year, if you didn't follow the team, uh, she had I think eleven total points last year, and she had twelve, or she she had one more point total in the exhibition game. Yeah. So this is a player that has a lot of potential. Obviously, coming over from Europe, 
she she even struggled understanding what a charge was last year. So this is very raw talent coming in, hits the three, the, the typical European style of play, able to step out, hit the three, go down low and work. Uh, three points, one rebound, one assist in five minutes. Very, you know, five minutes isn't much, but that's very productive in five minutes. Really a nine-point swing, as you mentioned, to end the first half. She hits the three, then she has assist on Jankowska's three, and then she has a rebound to spark another fast break, Jankowska three. Nine points is huge going into the half, have a 10-point, 13-point lead at the halftime. Uh, uh, Julian, what do you see from the team? Obviously, Tori's standout, 42 points. What else do you see? Uh, well, there were some really good things from this game, and you know, we talked about it. I wasn't there. I feel bad every time I see this score and this box score, and I'm like, I wasn't there to see this. But yeah, some uh, good performances from the team. We talked about Tory, but they dominated in the paint. 30 points for MSU in the paint to go with OSU's uh, 22. Uh, points off turnovers was pretty close. OSU had 18, MSU had 12. Uh, second chance, MSU won with 15, and we dominated the fast break. 17 points on the fast break. The only problem I see with this game is the bench points. Uh, obviously, that suffers from our lack of depth and just some players not stepping up, and we only had 18 bench points in this one to go against the Buckeyes, 29 bench points. But overall, a very good game. I'd like to see the bench points go up, some more depth for this team, but, you know, you can't have, every, have everything in a game like this. Yeah, I agree. But 11 players saw the floor in this game. Obviously, Vessel, one of the, one of the key ones, was very limited minutes. Um, Lexi Gusser, she's never afraid to shoot. You mentioned her earlier. Uh, she is the definition of streaky, streaky shooter. Uh, she can airball three and then come back and make five. Um, we have not seen that from her yet. I don't know if Susie Merchant trusts her to do that, to leave her in. She may have a shorter leash, uh, leash than ever now um, with a couple of her recent performances, but 24 minutes, two points, 0 of 2 from 3, 1 of 4 from the field. Um, again, Ty Reimer, 0 points, 0 of 7 from the field, 8 rebounds, 4 fouls, got in foul trouble early, and that did not help her. Uh, and Victoria Gaines, again, 4 fouls. She was playing very well when she was in the game, 11 points, 5 rebounds. And Brandy Agee, a player that we were all talking about, needed to step up for this team. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 1 rebound away from a double-double. She's a player that played 32 minutes, right below Tori Jankowska at 39. Uh, Brandy Agee, if she can continue to play like that, this team's going to be very dangerous, especially when you get contributions from Reimer, which, I, again, I said that's going to be once every 5, 10 games, which I don't – maybe that might be a stretch. It might be more than that, that she scores 0 points um, just because of her ability. Taryn McCutcheon, she also got in foul trouble early in the first half. Um, didn't really need to play much of the second half just because of the score. Uh, seven points, four rebounds, seven assists, and 15 minutes. For, 15 minutes from a starter, obviously not going to happen very often. But this was a blowout, really, mm-hmm. for most of the game, especially after the first half. Um, eliminated Ohio State to 31% from the field, 25% from three. The only thing Susie Merchant can really complain about is 73% from the free throw line. That's really all I saw. Yeah from from the, the box score and, and watching the game. 27 assists on 35 made baskets, out-rebounded, you know, more points in the paint, more fast break points. Really, the only thing I see from this, correct me if I'm wrong, is free throw percentage, and that's still not terrible. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State played an overall great game. I mean, one, one thing we can look at, and it doesn't really show in, in the box score, is the amount of missed shots that Ohio State did have. They missed a lot of shots. Kelsey Mitchell, obviously one of the best players in the country, she was just not herself 
um, in that game. She she struggled from the field. She couldn't even hit layups. She couldn't hit free throws. She really struggled in that game, and that really helped the Spartans. I, I, I also want to give some credit to the Breslin crowd. It was a Tuesday night, and there was a decent amount of people, obviously, probably coming out to see Tori break the record. But this was a big game. The crowd stepped up. The team stepped up. Limiting Kelsey Mitchell to 13 points on 14 of 18, 1 of 7 from 3, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, and also got her in foul trouble at 4. Uh, it was something I was not expecting to see. I thought this game easily could have flipped and gone the other way. Michigan State got blown out. But they, they, they were able to, to turn the tide. Kelsey Mitchell shut down. Outside of that, they uh, Ohio State really didn't have any answers. Whenever Michigan State went on a run, Ohio State would try to try to come back. Didn't really have it. Again, opposite of what we've seen Michigan State earlier. Obviously, we saw Purdue and Notre Dame where Michigan State didn't have enough answers. Opposite this time, Michigan State comes out on top, 94-75. Moving on to Manning's money performer of break, I guess. <laughs> Won't be of the week. Uh, I think we all know who it's going to be, but we'll give a little drum roll. Who is it? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be any surprise that it's going to be Tori Jankoska. I mean, we mentioned earlier um, about how she broke the MSU scoring record, and she's probably going to be the first MSU player to break 2,000 points. She has 1,853 right now, so, I mean, it, it looks like she's going to pass that. And if you just look at her last three games, 42, 27, and 16 in the points, 6, 8, and 6 in rebounds, 7, 7, and 2 in assists. Obviously, the two assists, not a lot, but still 16 points, two assists, that's pretty good. And then the season average, 22.8 points, 7.7 rebounds, 5.1 assists. She is one of the best players to come along uh, MSU women's basketball. And, I mean, she she does it all. She, she, I don't want to compare to Arrow Pirates because she, she's just a different kind of player, you know, when you, when you get a player like that. But Tori Jankowska is doing everything for this team right now. And, I mean, she is a special one-of-a-kind uh, type of player. I, I, I think she's one of the best in the country. Ohio State's coach. Kevin McGuff thinks she's one of the best players in the country. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be tough to beat a Brianna Turner, uh, anyone out of UConn. It would be tough to do that, but uh, Ariel Powers was in the conversation last year. Do you think she should be this year? Obviously, 42 points speaks for itself, but it gets narrowed down. I think she's top 10 right now. What do you think? I mean, if you're talking about most valuable player, if you're talking about valuable to a team, I think, I mean, Tori Jankoska, if you take Tori Jankoska off the Spartans, they probably have less than 10 wins this season. I mean, she she does everything You because t- you're taking away almost 23 points a game, 7.7 rebounds and 5.1 assists. I mean, that that's a lot That's a lot of taking away. I mean, she's going to be in contention, obviously, for Big Ten Player of the Year, and she actually might win that award. I mean, Kelsey Mitchell is going to challenge her for that. But um, National Player of the Year, she definitely has a chance for that. And, uh, um, you could definitely make a case yeah, for Julian, her. Julian, before we get to your segment, I, what, what are your thoughts on, on Jan Kowska so far, what she's meant to the team? Oh, I mean, you said it best. I mean, she's everything to this team. She does it all. I mean, you look at her and you're like, oh, she's just a scorer. She can score the basketball. But like we said, she's giving you the assists, the rebounds. She's just doing it all, a complete workhorse for this team. And, I mean, I can see her in the National Player of the Year uh, conversation. I mean, it's going to be tough. There's a lot of great players. But, I mean, to even be in the conversation is absolutely incredible, and that's a testament to her work ethic and what she's done this yeah, season. Uh, small, small town um, player and she, you know, her dream was just to come here. She wasn't a ESPN top 100, ESPN top 300, or whatever. Uh, she never got that kind of kind of recruiting recognition. But she comes here, and uh, I think coming up from that, being so humble, has really helped her. Uh, obviously, ultimate team player. If she can continue to uh, do that, I think that would be uh, 
it'd be tough to win National Player of the Year, Naismith, but I think she should definitely be in the conversation. Moving on to the next segment, Judge Julian, the court is in session. It's all yours. Yes, the court is in session. Back for break for this uh, case here today. Got a couple things I want to talk about. Number one, third quarter meltdowns. Uh, we've seen this a lot from teams. They melt down the third quarter, let teams back into the game. The Spartans do this a lot. We look at their scores here for the season. 299 points for Michigan State in the third, 296 for their opposition. That is a number that you don't really want to see, especially from a team, as I look at it now, for the first, second, and the fourth. They're holding below 296, getting like 235 around that number there. So that lets the teams back into the game. We've seen it in a couple of games here. I look at the Ohio State game. Not too big of a differential, but in the third quarter, Ohio State outscores them 20-18. to 18. You see it in a couple more games here. I'm looking at Nebraska, 23-22. You know, it's not a huge meltdown for the team, but allowing these teams to outscore you in the third, letting them in late, seeing some baskets go down, that, that can be troublesome if you let them stay in the game and get back in in the third. Now, this next thing I'm about to bring up kind of cancels out the first one, but it's something I do want to address, and that's the fourth quarter just resurgence of this team. They fall down a little bit in the third, but when it comes to the fourth, they are absolutely lights out. They're putting up 344 points in the fourth quarter, holding the opposition to 288, which isn't great, but, I mean, we outscored them 344 to 288. That's a number you can live with. They've just been dominant in the fourth. 22 points to Ohio State's 14 in their last game. One of the bigger ones that I want to talk about here as I bring it up is the game against Illinois where Michigan State outscores Illinois 25-6 to in the fourth quarter alone. Those are just huge numbers, and when you're able to close out a game strong, it's all good for your team. And the last point that I'm bringing up today for just Julian, glass cleaners. This team has been great in their past couple of games, cleaning the glass with Reimer and Gaines and A.G., cleaning up with the boards. Uh, they out-rebounded Ohio State 52-40 to with a plus-12 margin, in their last game, and they improved to 9-1 and when they out-rebound their opponents by double digits. They've done so in each of the last four games, and uh, part of the eight of their last nine. They've gone 7-2 and two over that span, and it's uh, 52 rebounds. Uh, fifth game this season, they've had 50-plus boards. This team just cleans the glass, and, I mean, we hear it a lot. I hear it in when I'm playing NBA 2K. You hear it in games nowadays, but you win on the boards. Most of the time, you win the game, so it's been big for this team. That's what they're guilty of today, Judge Julian. Win this court, everyone go, leave in peace. There you have it, Judge Julian. Uh, I agree with you on, on every point. Um, rebounds, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the season stats so far. George Janikowska is leading the team in, in rebounds per game at 7.7. Uh, again, just another testament to, to what she does for this team. Uh, leads in everything, leads a leader on and off the court, emotionally, mentally, and obviously on the court uh, physically. So, Moving forward, we'll preview the week coming up. That is MSU women's basketball. Move to tomorrow, Saturday. They play at Rusk, Ruskers at Rutgers um, at noon on the Big Ten Network. Last year, their last meeting, Michigan State won 70-67. Close game. Aerial Powers uh, clinched it with a double-double. Obviously, Aerial Powers isn't here this year, but Rutgers is not the same, same team they were last year. Still a scrappy team in the Big Ten. They're going to be physical. Uh, they're not dead last. They're 2-3 and three in the Big Ten standings. Michigan State 3-1, and one, tied for third. 
But again, Rutgers, not the same team they were last year, 5-13. and 13. Overall, 2-3 and three in the Big Ten, 10th in the Big Ten. I don't see how Michigan State loses this game. I do see how Michigan State could lose this game, but I don't think there's a chance that they do. Uh, Zach, start with you. Um, anything that would worry you going into New Jersey to play the Rutgers? Um, I wouldn't say it's a worry, but uh, I mean, I, I see Michigan State win this game pretty easily, but Rutgers is a pretty good defensive team. Um, only They're holding opponents to 59.4 points a game, so almost 60 points, um, which is pretty low. The problem with Rutgers is they just don't score. They don't have any scores. Um, their leading scorer, um, Sharita Parker, is averaging 10.2 points per game. Um, and the team, as a team, they're only scoring 50 points a game. So, I mean, that's concern for Rutgers. I mean, and you, you know, we know we've talked about Michigan State scores with Jankowska, Ryan, or Ag. Um, Michigan State just has too much firepower for Rutgers to even keep up. Yeah, just talking about you talked about their defense being great. Uh, they do pretty well. They're forcing about fifteen point seven turnovers per game, and we've talked about it a bunch of times in this podcast. But Michigan State can be turnover prone, so that's pretty much the only thing I can see hurting them in this one. If they don't turn the ball over, this, like you said, should be an easy win for them. Michigan State four and two in the all time series. Three and one went at the Breslin Center, one and one on the road. They'll hope to make that two and one this Saturday. Uh, picks real quick. I think Michigan State wins. Uh, there's not spreads on women women's basketball, but I'd probably take Michigan State regardless. Yeah, uh, just like you said, I'm taking Michigan State even if there was a spread, no matter what it was. Yep, going with Michigan State on this one. Second game, only two games in between uh, Fridays in the week. Tuesday, seventeenth, they will be at Northwestern. 9 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Um, obviously, with the loss of sophomore guard Jordan Hankins, Northwestern will be playing with heavy hearts. They'll have the the patch for her. A quote from their head coach, Joe McCown, Jordan was a remarkably dynamic young woman. This is a devastating loss for our basketball family. She brought an unwavering intensity and commitment to everything in her life. We will miss her enormously. Obviously, thoughts and prayers out to Northwestern, Hankins' family, uh, Big Ten, I know, reached out, uh, wished them well. A moment of silence before the Michigan State-Ohio State game. Um, you know, just a, a tragedy. I can't imagine being, you know, one of the Northwestern players and, and having to, to play without one of your teammates. Um, but nevertheless, we'll move on to, to the preview of the game. Uh, Northwestern 13-3 overall, 2-1 and in the Big Ten. 10-1 and at home, but they are 1-2 and versus ranked opponents, which Michigan State may be ranked. I'm not sure if it makes that big a difference if you put a number in front of the, of their uh, their team name, but they are one and two versus ranked teams, ten and one at home. They will be at home versus Michigan State next Tuesday. I think this is going to be a very good game. Nia Coffey, one of the best players in the Big Ten in the country, uh, we were talking about off air. She's about to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds. That's good for anyone, and you know if you're going to lead two categories in any sport, it's very good. Uh, Julian, start with you. Keys to to this game for Michigan State to be able to pull off the win. Uh, like you said, this is going to be a tough one, very intense, very uh, tight for this game here. For the Spartans to win this one, they're definitely going to have to have everybody step up. I mean, looking at the stats for Northwestern, their averages, they got three players averaging double digits. Michigan State's going to have to go against that, have two other players roll with Jankoska and put up du- double digits in this one. These are two tough teams going at it. They're both averaging about 70 points per game, only letting their opponents to 60. So it's really just kind of an even matchup. You just want to have uh, two other players step up with Jankoska. Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, this is going to be an incredible game. Um, Jankoska is really going to need to step up. 
Um, she's been leading scorer for the Spartans all season long. Um, I'm really intrigued how the Spartans are going to stop Coffee. Um, she's just a, a beast. I mean, there's no other way to describe her. I mean, she's she's everything for Northwestern. She's averaging 20.8 points per game, 11.2 rebounds, leading the team in blocks. So, I mean, she's just an inside force, and she she really just can't be stopped. She's doing everything. So I think that the matchup down low um, with the Spartans, uh, her and Reimer battling, that's going to be a great matchup to watch. Yeah, sitting, sitting courtside for the Big Ten tournament last year, she she is just a special player. Uh, but the guard matchup uh, of Ashley Deary and Tori Jankowska will be a will be a fun one. Obviously, Deary very good, uh, one of the nation's leading score or stealers, excuse me. So as long you know, we talked about turnovers before, as long as Jankowska can protect the ball, uh, even if she's not scoring as much, she needs to be able to to create scoring for her teammates. Something she's been able to do for the most part this year, but mentioned three scores in in, in double digits: Coffee, Deary, and Christian Inman. All three players were on the team last year, so they still have that continuity. Again, uh, we'll see if uh, if they can pull off the win. Right, real quick, we'll go picks. Julian, start with you. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to go with Michigan State in this one. I think they learn from uh, these couple wins uh, against Ohio State and everything, and they go into Northwestern and they play pretty well. I'm actually going to go with Northwestern in this game. Um, I think Nia Coffey is just going to impose her will. Reimer's been struggling lately. Um, and as we saw, Jankowska can get points, but if there's no second score, Michigan State really struggles. And I think um, the secondary Michigan State scorers are going to are going to really struggle in this game, and um, Coffey is really going to have a great game and lead Northwestern to the win. Yeah, as long, it's going to be interesting to see if Reimer can stay out of foul trouble. Vestela came in, Allen came in, Johnson came in all last game, so they do have the depth at the big position. Just in case, we will see. The game is next Tuesday uh, at 9 p.m. Again, they play Rutgers at noon on Saturday. Both games will be on Big Ten Network. We will be back next Friday to recap both those games and preview the next week. Again, I'm Zach Sosicki alongside Julian Mitchell, Zach Manning for the Women's Basketball Podcast, the only podcast devoted strictly to Michigan State women's basketball. For Impact 89 FM, thank you for listening.